Welcome to Above the Mess, the podcast that follows three creators as we bounce between our interests, dive down rabbit holes, navigate our brains, and come up in Wonderland. I'm Maddie Van Houten, and with me are Izzy Miller and Rosemary Orchard. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hello. So, given that this is our first episode, why don't we start with introductions? Rose, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, I'm Rosemary Orchard. You may or may not listen to some of my other podcasts, which I host, our Automators, iOS Today, and Nessa Folders. But aside from doing podcasting and, you know, being general technology nerd, I'm also a developer in my day job. And I have lots of active projects. Um, Maddie gave me homework. I had to write down my active projects. And so I, I, I wrote all the things. Um, but I don't think that was good enough. So I also wrote down that currently I'm attempting to recable my TV and my desk. Which doesn't sound like a big project, but my living room has been unusable for half a week so far. So it's a bigger project than it seemed. Um, and ongoing, improving my home automation. And I've just taken up ballet because, you know, I have plenty of hours in my week already. You're not busy at all. Never. At all. <laughs> but how did ballet go? It was good. Uh, I'm a bit sore today. I did my first class yesterday, but uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It was really good fun. So I'm hoping to uh, improve. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Izzy, how about you? Yeah, I'm Izzy Miller. I'm a community organizer and software developer and a collector of hobbies. <laughs> I do woodworking. I do sewing. I do sailing. If something catches my interest, I'm probably going to try it at least once. My active project list, maybe not as long as Rose's, but not not a short one. Among the million of things in various states of progress, I am starting a new job, um, organizing and doing mutual aid here in Austin and restoring and sailing a 1965 sunfish. That is really cool. You've been sending us pictures and telling us about your sailing adventures. Yeah. Really exciting. Yeah. And I'm jealous. Really jealous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you, Maddie? Oh, goodness. Okay. So I am also a developer by day and, um, literally everything else by night. I write at flexpotential.com. Um, there will be a link in the show notes for all of our projects if you want to find us elsewhere on the internet. But uh, my active projects are many. Um, I did not write down all the things. I wrote down specifics, so I'll just run through them real quick. Uh, my main one right now is actually uh, a personal goal. I'm trying to let out my inner rebel. I don't know if anybody else identifies with this, but as a teen, I wanted to dye my hair, get piercings, get tattoos, and I had conservative parents, so I wasn't allowed. And I'm finally being brave enough to do it myself. Other things going on in my life, um, I picked up a stray puppy on the side of the road about three and a half months ago, and trying to get her integrated into the family is a every second of the day project. Uh, you may hear her barking in the background. In any second now because the mail is coming soon. <laughs> um, other things going on, I'm building healthy habits. Um, we're settling into our home after six years of thinking we were going to be here for only two. So that's going on. Um, spinning up a development business with a group of friends. I'm spinning up a genealogy business at the same exact time. I'm doing a first draft of a novel, this podcast, knitting a Christmas sweater. There's a garden out back. And oh, yeah, I started a mastermind group. Uh, and that was just, you know, yesterday. So <laughs> lots going on. <laughs> yeah, nobody could accuse us of being, you know, too focused on one thing. I think there, there's a lot no. going on here. I don't understand people who can focus on one thing. <laughs> it isn't me, that's for sure. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm always I doing about 8000 things at the same time. <laughs> Uh, but it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. Today, we just kind of wanted to talk about our 
um, philosophies around productivity. And um, Izzy, you brought this to our attention. Do you want to start us off? Yeah. Since we're starting a productivity podcast, it seems likely that we all think a little bit about productivity. And I certainly, certainly have. And really, like, my own philosophy on productivity is that I want to do the things I care about. But I have ADHD. And if I don't see something, I won't think to do it. And so if it's not written down, it won't get done. And if I don't read the list, it also won't get done. <laughs> so I need a system that, for me, surfaces what I care about, handles the times when I forget to look at it in a resilient way, and lets me capture everything easily and get it back into place. That That's very similar to my philosophy as well, because, uh, you know, I listened to or read Getting Things Done, I think when I was in secondary school, I was about 17 or so. Um, and then I listened to the Getting Things Done Fast seminar, which has since been replaced by another seminar that David Allen gave. But for some reason, like every time I, I listen to that, I end up like capturing 8 billion and one things. But the thing that really grabbed my attention was the idea of walking around your house and capturing all of these projects. And I think he said, you know, most people fill, you know, quite a few pages. And I filled three notebooks the first time I did that. Um, the number of notebooks that I fill every time I do this has not got smaller, but I usually do it digitally now because I like trees. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, my my philosophy is usually whatever tool works in the moment is what I need to be using. Um, like, I primarily use OmniFocus, but equally, when I've got a whole bunch of interdependent things going on, I will pull out TaskKeet, or I'll just write a bunch of things down in drafts, or whatever it is, because my system has to change to suit my mood, my brain, and whatever else is going on in the minute, whether or not, you know, it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I do just flit around to whatever feels like it fits the best at that particular point in time. Yeah, that makes sense. I also change my system up a lot. It It is definitely a focus on capturing all the random thoughts flitting around my head, especially because sometimes they just keep popping up until I deal with them. And if I don't write them down, they're just going to bug me and bug me and bug me. Um, so that's one of my basic productivity philosophies as well. Capture everything. Um, get rid of what I don't actually want to do and something that just keeps popping up and try to do one thing that makes me happy every day. And um, that's, that's really important to me because um, a lot of people define productivity as like how much work you get done. Uh, and they're thinking about their day jobs. And I... I honestly cannot define productivity that way. Um, I don't know if you guys had the chance to see it yet, but Hank Green and John Green, Vlog Brothers, posted a video yesterday about productivity where uh, John was talking to Hank and said that the way we live our lives is the way we live our days. And that is something that's very important to me because I don't want to live my life thinking about how much work I got done. I want to live my life thinking, oh, look at that pretty garden or, oh, I wrote a book or, oh, Belle is a great dog now. Those are the things that define productivity to me. Yeah, this reminds me a lot of the 1% philosophy, where if you do a little bit to try and get better at something every single day, then in a year, you'll be, you know, 365% better. But if you also slack off mm -hmm. a little bit every single day, then in a year, you'll be 365% worse or more because it's exponential, really. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, uh, I yeah, the idea of doing things to make you happy, I think is very important because, you know, Every bad day has impacts that just sort of radiate radiate out like a stone creating ripples in water. So uh, it's nice if those could be happy ripples rather than sad ripples. So kind of leading into 
into our next subtopic here. It's pretty obvious all three of us do a lot. And for most people, the first question, at least when I tell people I do a lot, is, well, how do you get anything done if you don't focus on just one thing? Um, And I cannot tell you how many books are out there written about if you want to get anything done, you need to focus on just one thing for the next 12 weeks or or uh, Gary Keller wrote the one thing, the book about pick one thing and be good at it. And um, yeah, that just doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work over here. I don't know if it works for you guys, but I have never been able to do that. Yeah. Maybe for an hour or so, but <laughs> like <laughs> for a lifetime, yeah. I'm already on my third career. Like let, let's, you know, mm-hmm. set expectations there. <laughs> yeah, done is... Done is a complicated thing in my life. And I've certainly, in fact, one thing I've really found is that done is as much a question of framing as anything else. That Hmm. what does it mean for a project to be done is up to you. And like, if I lose interest in something, that probably means that I've gotten out of it what I wanted out of that project. And so if I reach a point in a project where I've gotten what I want out of it, then I don't need to keep working on that project. That project is done. And so I have a million quote unquote unfinished projects, but if I got what I wanted to get out of them, there's there's no shame in that. There's no no sadness about leaving behind a, a trail of experiments. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I also have a literal physical trunk full of unfinished writing projects. I'm never going back to them. They're still in my closet and they will never be taken out because they're terrible. (laughs) But what I got out of them wasn't a finished book. That's fine. It was practice writing. That that is a way that I often use to help people understand this reframe because, you know, a lot of people think, well, if you didn't finish it, what's the point? It's like, well, I did finish it. I got what I needed out of that one. Yeah. So this is something that comes up in at least my favorite book and a book I have at least forced Izzy to read. I don't know if Rose has gotten to it yet. It is called Refuse to Choose. It's by Barbara Sher, And we will have a link in the description to this book. But essentially, it describes a type of person who is interested in many things. It could be simultaneously, um, such as us. We all seem to you know, do this, um, lots of stuff at once type of thing. Or it could be the type of person who picks up a hobby for a while and then is like, I'm done. Don't need to do it anymore and gives it up. Or it could be jobs. Rose, you said you had three careers so far in your life. Like that's amazing. This is the longest definition, but I'm just trying to get to it without using the word that Barbara Sherry uses or anybody else uses for this type of person. The opposite type of person would be like a specialist, like someone who goes into nuclear physics and ends up staying in nuclear physics until they're 64 and retire or whatever. Um, So the name that Barbara Sher gives to this type of person, the type of person who likes to do a lot, is a scanner. There are two other books out there who have the same definition, but a different word. Um, So it would be a renaissance person or a multi-potentialite, or you may have heard this one, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, so (laughs) we're all eye rolling at that one because it drives us up a wall. 
who cares about being a master? Oh my goodness. Anyway. Yeah. If you're good enough to do it, then that that's what counts, right? You don't you don't <laughs> have to be amazing at everything. And quite frankly, like if you get it done the way that you want to and you're happy with it, then you were a master. Mm-hmm. So exactly. So uh the different names, a scanner, Barbara Share came up with that one because it, it was like someone who is constantly scanning their horizon looking for new interests. Uh, a Renaissance person came from, well, I don't know if you you guys know this, but like Leonardo da Vinci was the type of person who did a lot of different things. He was a philosopher and a physicist and uh, math. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Anyway, yep. <laughs> lots of stuff. Um, so it comes from the type of person who would have thrived in the Renaissance doing all this kinds of learning and things like that. Um, and multi-potentialite. Uh, that was defined by Emily Wapnick, who wrote How to Be Everything. And her reason for this was a person like this has so many potentials, so many potential futures, so many ways that they are good at things that they um, that they are a multi-potentialite. I think it's fair to say that all three of us and our editor, Rob identify as this type of person. So it's a big influence on our productivity systems and our productivity philosophies. Absolutely. None of the names suggested have ever really uh, resonated with me, but the idea most certainly has. And I have found, I was talking earlier about uh, what it means to be done with something, what it means to be finished. And that sort of reframing around how I approach projects and how I bounce between them. And that has been incredibly valuable, not just to working on what I want to work on, but even to my mental health, not feeling judged for jumping around between things in a way that it often feels like we are, that um, there often feels like a bias against people who jump around to multiple things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know, Rose, if you ever experienced this, but as a kid, (laughs) I talk about this all the time. As a kid, I wanted to be everything and knew I wanted to be everything. You know, every time an adult asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? It was, you know, oh, an architect or astronaut or, you know, veterinarian or writer. Uh, Writer is the one that has stuck around the longest, by the way. So I've wanted to be that since I was in kindergarten realizing a childhood dream. There we go. But every time I came up with a new answer, if I was talking to a an adult who had asked me before, they would be like, wait, didn't you want to be something else? And I'm like, then why are you asking? <laughs> like, what's your problem? <laughs> yeah. But it was always that judge judginess of like, um, can't you just do one thing? Like, just pick one thing, especially towards the end of secondary school or high school, where they're like, you need to pick a major. I'm like, can I just learn everything, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, definitely. I've I've always flip-flopped between things. And for years I thought I was gonna be a teacher, but what I was gonna teach was gonna be different. I wanted to teach English and then maths and then science, then music, um, and then um French and German. Um, and then I, I went to university and I actually studied languages and so on, and I taught English for a while and that was fun. Um, and then I taught English for a while after university and that was fun, but I was also working at Disneyland Paris, um, doing fun things because that made my brain happy. And it was, you know, all of these things were great and I was doing all of them at the same time. And guess what? I'm now doing all things at the same time anyway. I do development and I record podcasts and, you know, I get to do fun side project development and all these things at the same time. 
Um, and it's a good thing. You don't have to just do one thing if that's what makes you happy. Because, of course, the end Definitely. of the goal here is to be happy and feel good about things. And as Izzy said before, get what you want out of something and then, you know, move on. And that's fine. Definitely. And it's so valuable in so many situations to be the kind of person who does have multiple skills. Like when I'm doing community organization work, when I'm out doing mutual aid, I'll be out delivering food or I'll be cooking or I'll be organizing people on um, on Discord or Signal or I'll be planning events or the various other means of herding cats that are activists <laughs> and trying to do what I can to make the community I live in a little bit better. And that's not something that needs a specialist. That needs something where somebody can be like, sure, I'll figure out how to screen print t-shirts at home so that we can have them for this event. Sure, I'll make the banner for that. Sure, I will take point on um, planning the date and time and getting speakers for this event. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this kind of links back to a point I didn't touch on before, but how you said the uh, words for this type of person, the anti-specialist or whatever, never clicking with you. I think the reason it never clicks is because, honestly, I think the word for this is human. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really, really believe this. This is probably a topic that we can expand on another time, but I really believe that everyone has this type of this type of personality, at least to some degree, even the specialist nuclear scientist goes home and doesn't think about nuclear science. You know, they, whoever they are, probably have hobbies. That's enough. Yeah. But at least the three of us are so, um, so much this person that it registers as different, especially to a society that is like, no, you pick a career and you stick with it. Yeah. And your career is your life, which don't get me on that <laughs> yeah um yeah so i think like this problem of pick one thing and stick with it like you're saying is is like that used to work when we were working in factories you know it used to be okay your job is not i don't know how to put this but it's like it's it's just a job at at work um, you go home and you're separated, but now we're in a, a role, uh, a time where our jobs are constant um, in a way, which is a bad thing. Don't work after hours, guys. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, and I think we're at kind of a reckoning, reckoning point where people are like, well, how do I get fulfillment if I'm not being all of myself? Well, I, I'm just thinking, especially with what you said, you know, over the last couple of years where everybody has either you know, not been able to work for a while, or if they were working, they were almost certainly working from home, um, at least some of the time, because, you know, there was a pandemic. Um, and this is something that I think has really impacted a lot of people. And I think it's bled over into a lot of people's lives and expanded in a way that they perhaps hadn't foreseen. So, you know, everybody, I'm sure at some point has worked in their pajamas. Um, and equally, I'm sure at some point, you know, everybody's worked after hours when they shouldn't have done it really or they've worked in front of the sofa uh, or in front of the tv on the sofa one day because they weren't feeling great or whatever and you know that that's not a bad thing if that's what it takes to get you through you know what has been a hugely life-changing event for everybody on the planet 
that's that's fine. You know, you came out the other side. Congratulations. But at the same time, you know, I think it's a point now where people should be looking at their lives and going, okay, so what is there of me outside of my job? Because you don't have to mm-hmm. be defined by your job. If you want to be defined by your job, that is fine. But equally, if you don't want to be defined by your job, that's not your label. Your label is your name. And if you don't like your name, you can choose another name. Uh, people do. That's fine. Um, but, you know, just... I'm laughing because Rose just bought a label maker. And this is where her mind is at. So I'm imagining everyone walking around the world labeled. No. I, 12 millimeter I don't, label type. I, I don't <laughs> like labeling people uh, unless it's with their names. Um, but, uh, but you know, like, you, what what are the t- titles that you give yourself? You know, when you, when you think about mm-hmm. yourself, when you introduce yourself to people... You know, what is it that you want to tell this person about yourself? Um, and mm-hmm. by, you know, and choosing what things interest you and what you want to focus on, you you might want to focus on one thing for several months and nothing else and then move on. And that's fine. You don't have to do mm-hmm. everything at the same time. I end up doing all things at the same time because that's how my brain works. Um, but, you know, you don't have to do that. You have to do whatever works for you. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, I think a lot of people really possibly got a bit Overabsorbed by work or underabsorbed by work, where they're now not doing work things during work hours at all anymore, um, and so refinding that balance and figuring out what makes you happy is probably a challenge that everybody should take home as homework. We're probably going to spend a lot of this podcast talking about this from the individual perspective, uh, because we are mm-hmm. individuals doing the best we can. It will surprise nobody who knows me to find out that. I'm anti-capitalist. And there's a lot of systemic reasons that make it harder for us to do what we want to do, to have the time, to have the energy, and to have the space to do it. And Mm -hmm. so I'm guessing we're not going to dive as deeply into that here. Um, But I do think it's worth bringing up that we live in a society. And yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs) And it's worth remembering that context. And so for me, like, that's a reason that community organization is so important to me that that if we can leave the world in a spot where the people who come after us can have a little bit more time and a little bit more space to do all of the things that are interested in that they are interested in. I think that will make it a better world. I absolutely agree. And not to dive too far into the systemic issues, because we're running out of time. And I could, you and I, especially, and I know Rose has opinions too, could talk about the systemic issues around this problem for hours. (laughs) One thing that I think is kind of good homework for everyone to think about after they listen to this episode is think about how you introduce yourself to people and how you ask them to introduce themselves. Because one of the things that has always bugged me is that when someone's like, hi, I'm so-and-so, what do you do for work is the first question they ask or what you know what do you do and it's like the thing you get paid for is the answer they want so i have to say i'm a developer instead i want people to try and reframe that question into what are you doing now or like ask about people's projects what do you do for fun ask different questions to get people to introduce themselves because it might switch their perspective because your job is not everything you are and that has always bugged me always but we live in this society we live in this culture that says our jobs is all we like our job is all we are and we can change that one person at a time um 
it's a st- systemic thing, but every person who asks a different question can change a little bit more. Well, that's all the time we've got today. But thank you all so much for joining us as we launch on this exciting new podcast journey. And we will talk to you all in two weeks. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.